What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the flagship edition. Uh, nope. Nope, you're not going to use that one? Nope. Wait, wait, what's wrong with that one? I didn't know what I wanted to say. You know, I did uh, regular guy gaming yesterday. Okay. And I had to do the intro like 50 fucking times. Was it you're just not in the zone? The intro for RGG is maybe one minute long, and I would get to 45 seconds, and then I would just sit there and go, I don't fucking know what so, to so, say next. So what exactly is, like, the intro like? You'd be like, hey, welcome to Regular Guy Gaming. I'm Ragbag, and joined here by, like, you know, like, blah, 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 blah. That's basically what it is. But I'd always go, and I just want to say thank you for all the support, and thank you for the, and then all of a sudden my mind would go blank, and I'd be like, I don't remember what it is that I want to say next. So then I would go, <laughs> and I'd go, Fuck that, and I'd get mad, and I'd delete the whole recording, and then I'd just redo it again. So You know, come on, man. You can just, like, edit it. I know, but I wanted you know? to be sincere about it. So uh, so you're never sincere when you're doing these? No. No? No. No, not at all? I just, I don't know, and I, I did it, like, 50 times, and, uh, you know, I know I can do better, so we're going to redo it. Oh, yeah, that makes total sense. All right, three, two, one. Independent wrestling is pretty damn fucking cool. We're sitting down in the spotlight and squirt circle with Rhino. And we're trying to bring more awareness to the independent professional wrestling scene. Undoubtedly thankful for anybody that just decided to tune in and actually liked us enough to keep listening. Hey, welcome in the Grapple Talk. This is the uh, flagship edition of the Grapple Talk Network. Of course, I'm Jesse Bonnerudin, joined in by Nick Ragnar. See, the intro's not that hard. Yeah, that was actually good. You did yeah, a great yeah, job. No, my we brain almost exploded. Nice show lined up today. We're talking uh, things coming up in wrestling, including ROH, New Japan, Pro Wrestling. Uh, WWE has a pretty big show this upcoming weekend. And there's a lot of wrestling this weekend. And uh, there's also some talks about extending uh, WWE's pay-per-views. Please, God, And no. uh, maybe if we have some time at the end, I'll tell you all what I thought about Black Panther. But before... Before we get to that, Jesse. Yeah, let's before do this. Before we get to the meat of the show, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing okay. You know, it's a it's a nice Monday. You know, it's President's Day. You have the day off, and I'm about to go into work once we're done with this. God damn, dude, I am fucking tired right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you stayed up until two in the morning, like dicking around on your new laptop. I I got a new yeah, laptop, yeah, yeah. and I'm sitting there playing with it. And I'm trying to figure out because you know it has the ability to to edit faster and it has it has all these new functions that I didn't even realize technology had nowadays because I'm still rocking my MacBook from 2011. Yeah. Um the computer that I was using prior to this laptop was from like the late 2000s. So okay. I was just I was very outdated when it came to the uh technology that I was using to surf the web. And now I'm finding out about like dude, this laptop has a feature where you can like be on your phone and then you with the press of a button it goes and it comes up on your laptop, and you're like, oh, I'm continuing my search for things. And it's, like, totally unnecessary, it feels yeah, like. Yeah, it really is. You know, like, Nick, seriously, like, do you really need that where you're just like, oh, hey, man, I want to check this out, but I'm now on my laptop. Boop, boop. Absolutely not. But yeah. it's a cool feature. Uh, it's, it's cool nonetheless. Yeah. I don't know. I've, You know what? You know, they always say you have the, the Apple Pay on the phones where you can put it up to the boop. You can put it up to the, the uh, card reader, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. I never used that, but there was one time where I was like, oh, shit, forgot my wallet. And they're like, oh, I see you have an iPhone. You could probably just use Apple Pay. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Boop. Paid for it using my phone. I was like, whoa, that was fucking okay, cool. Okay, okay. So, so so now how, now that just like basically scares the fuck out of me that we can walk around with a wallet now that's our phone. And like everything is on there. Well, have you ever – I mean, now they make these these new cases for phones. They make these – 
new wallets mm-hmm. that basically have to defend against people holding fucking scanners. Like they walk by you, I'm gonna get this dude's information. <laughs> Got it. It sounds like that. It takes that long too. <laughs> yeah. So I'll be they haven't advanced cr- that technology. So I'll be yet. walking in a crowd and I'll sing here. <laughs> You're like, who the fuck? <laughs> fuck, someone's scanning my shit. <laughs> Who's stealing my stuff? No, no but that's like Nick. But they do that. I was actually looking for a new wallet the other day, and it was like, get our new wallet. It has protection against uh, pocket scanners. And I was like, that's a fucking thing? Like, you know what would be gonna... funny? Like, if all the protection was just duct tape. That would be, yeah. It's like we're moving backwards, actually. Yeah, it's like, even... hey, listen, so we got this nice gentleman leather wallet, but um, the inside is actually coated with duct tape. <laughs> so, stops um, the scanners. It sto- stops the scanners. Um, you sure? You sure about this? You mean I have to actually spend a premium to get the duct tape, and I can't just, like, add the duct tape? Nope. Nope. Nope, because the duct tape that you will use isn't efficient enough. We know how to wrap the wall in duct tape properly. You use off-brand duct tape. We use duck duct tape. Duck duct tape. Not duck duck goose tape. <laughs> I don't even know what you're saying anymore. I don't know either. Well, anyways, it's it's good to sit here with you, Jesse, with these uh, cups of joe. Yeah, I know. Um, on my way in, I was like, man, you know, I'm, I'm so tired that I think after Grapple Talk, because I have the day off, mm-hmm. uh... I'm going to go home, I'm just going to sleep. And then I was like, man, I'm so tired that I, I need to get coffee. And now I think my day is starting right. I'm going to stay up for the rest of the day, and I'm probably going to end up falling asleep at like 7 p.m. So that's okay. Right, oh, that's right, not too bad. Right as Raw starts. could be a better time to pass out, right? Yeah, I'll just turn Raw true. on for the first 20 minutes, and I'll fall asleep. Well, like, you're going to start with the monologue with like all seven guys in the elimination chamber? That is exactly what yeah. they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? That's definitely what they're Yeah, gonna I think gonna... like tonight they're supposed to have like a gauntlet match you know, with all seven guys. You know? what, what do you get if you win? I don't know. I, I think it's one of those things where I think they already did the thing where like the Miz is going to be like the first guy in, and I think Elias right? is the last guy out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, is... so I don't know what the, this is. Just bragging rights going in, like eh, I survived. Doesn't seem worth it to me. Yeah, if I really was doesn't. if I was a if I was a competitive athlete and I was like, you're putting this in a gauntlet match. Why? Yeah, They're like. Oh, bump the ratings a little bit, and it's going to be a good match. It'll be like six days from now. I'm going to be inside of fucking hell in a, like an elimination hell chamber. In a cham- yeah, yeah. A hell in a hell chamber, you know? Like, uh, it's going to be like the the one with the, like, the most guys in it in all time. And, like, you want me to compete in this gauntlet match where I could be in first and I have to win? I have to beat six other guys? Fuck that noise. Yeah, I'm I done. would live in kayfabe there. I yeah. would be like, no, I'm not doing it. But uh, speaking of living in kayfabe, there's been some Oof. drama on the Facebookers. Hey, yo. Yeah, it's been interesting, Nick. Yeah, involving one of our uh, fellow Grapple Talk Network shows. Fuck. Ross Family Matters podcast, man. They're yeah. getting heat. Getting heat. They're getting heat, brother. A good heat or bad heat? I don't know. Is there is there good heat, really? What is the what is good heat? Well, good heat's the kind you actually put in your uh, gas tank, just in case. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I, I don't know. Are you still giving me, like, an analogy, or, like, are you talking about, like, <sighs> oil? Like, what are you talking I, about? I was talking about cars, but I don't know. So, like, if you haven't listened to podcasts, go out of your way and actually listen to it um, so you can kind of some of the context. It's of, a good podcast. It's a really, really good podcast. But in this episode, they brought up the fact of uh, managers in the state of Wisconsin, who's actually good and who is actually bad. One of the names that got brought up, I actually took it, took it to heart. And it was one of those things where, uh, you know, one of our uh, – I don't know, one of our homies, our buddies, actually got a voicemail. Yeah. And it was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Seriously? Here's what I, here's, yeah. okay. I don't know, and we'll just fucking say it. Who cares? It's all over social media now. Everybody knows about it. Yeah. So basically what happened is the the, the Ross Family Matters podcast had Melissa Banty on for their latest, their latest episode. And again, go listen to it if you haven't yet. I think actually it has quite a bit of downloads because, you know, 
partially because, I mean, this has been such a big topic, but they happened to pull Chaz Moretti out of the hat. And uh, for those of you that don't know, Chaz Moretti, pretty, uh, you know, pretty prominent name prominent name yeah. as a manager in this area maybe doesn't work on this side of the state of Wisconsin very much but you know has uh, been managing for a long time a lot of people would consider him to be one of the better managers um there was a time actually very very early on in our broadcasting career here on Grapple Talk where we brought Chaz Moretti in for an interview and I will never forget that he did the entire interview in kayfabe because I said hey I said something like hey man Welcome, uh, you know, you're a great manager. Thanks for being on. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I am not a manager. I am an agent. Don't ever call me manager. Wait, 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 wait. He, he pulled that shit? He did. And I was like, whoa, that was, I don't know. I don't know if he was, I, I felt, and maybe this is just his character. Maybe he's that good. But I was like, whoa. I feel like this dude has heat with me right now because I called him a manager. <laughs> oh, man. But so, anyways, it was pretty. So would he be the type of guy, like, uh. Let's say hypothetically, he's working at like a grocery store. Okay. And uh, you know, I'm visualizing. Okay, yeah, so going. so you're in the checkout line. Yeah. He's not the cashier. He's the beggar, but he's only filling in. And you're like, hey, thanks for begging my groceries. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa! I'm not a beggar. I'm actually a stocker. I'm just filling in. Like, is this one of those things where it's like I don't he's know. Going to take offense to it. I don't know. I partially think that he was just in gimmick because he was he was in yeah. gimmick the entire interview. And at the, the early stages of Grapple Talk, me and AC Riley didn't really let. Our guests know what the fuck it is that we were doing. It was a, it was wait, wait, it was wait, wait. it was. You guys a, never went like, hey, listen, you can do it like in kayfabe. Or dude, not. it was like our third episode. You know what? It was a live radio show. We were nervous. Yep. And uh, things have things have changed since then. I don't I don't want to get heat with this guy. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, he just tries. He grills you. He doesn't stop doing the posts. It's like Twitter post after Twitter post, Facebook post after Facebook post. He doesn't stop doing it. But anyways, so the Ross family uh-huh. and Melissa Banty. I thought they were pretty. Actually, I thought they were pretty tame. Yeah, they were just kind of. You know, they talk shit about one of his bumps. I didn't see it. I don't fucking know. But then, like one thing led to another, and now you'd think it's the biggest fucking. I want to see these guys go toe to toe, man. They built this up like a classic cage fight, man. They are so pissed at each other. Moretti's like on social media saying these people are has-beens. They're they were they're never were-beens. Um, you know, fucking Derek, D-Rock, Derek O'Bain comments on the post and he's like talking shit to Chaz and telling him that he's, he's a fucking mark for himself. And it's like, Ooh, this is some great Facebook drama, man. Twitter, you know, Chaz is going on Twitter. He's tagging Vic to stick Ross on Twitter. And he's like, Oh man, you're, you were relevant six years ago. You're You're more relevant now. You piece of shit. And it's like, Whoa, man, these guys are going the extra mile. Vic, the stick is making polls about who's a better manager, a dead squirrel or not a dead squirrel. It's fucking hilarious. Hilarious, dude. I fucking love it. It's good stuff for me. I know that the Ross family doesn't give two shits, which is what makes it even more funny. And uh, I don't know, dude. I like seeing people get... And here's the one thing, right? Yeah. And you know what? I I, I don't think Chaz listens to this. I don't think his wife listens to this. I don't think anybody... I, I There's only like 15 people that listen to this, so I don't give a shit. But here's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 if I if I for some reason get heat because I'm I'm again I'm not really grilling anybody, but I am just trying to I'm just trying to give my opinion on this situation because it's very it's very prominent in our uh, realm of uh, independent pro wrestling. Here's what I think, right? Um, one thing that Chaz continues to say is that you know he's a professional, and I'll agree. This guy, 
again, known as probably one of the better managers in the area. He's been doing it for a long time, no breaks. He has a, a far bigger drive than I do to do this. I mean, the guy obviously is older than me. He has other things going on, other responsibilities, but he's committing to doing wrestling, to, to, to making it work every weekend. I'm not willing to do that, right? So yeah, I, that, you have that to, shit. So you have to, so you have to yeah. give the guy his dues there. But here's the thing. Continually throughout this battle, he says, you know, um, you know, I'm a professional. I, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm big time. Whatever you want to say, and it's like, man, you know, if you look at like professional sports, the people that are big time are the people that are grilled the most, the people that are spectated the most, right? The people that are criticized the most. So if you are considering yourself to be big time or important, or if you want to get on that stage someday, or if you have a goal to be the person that everybody's talking about. Expect these types of things to happen and react accordingly. That's just what I'm trying to say, you know, um, because the thing is, is that if people are talking about you, people are talking about you. Mm-hmm. And if you go back and listen to the Ross Philly Matters podcast, I'm not even sure that they did listen to it. I'm, maybe they just saw the headlines, but they didn't even really say anything that bad about him. They even said he's a pretty good manager. By the way, he took a shitty bump, you know, and it's like that shit happens, you know. I fucking I did I cut a promo at the last RCCW show. You know what I said? What's that? Because I just I didn't know what I was saying. I was I was introducing Devlin Kane, right? And I was like, oh, you know, fucking I had to pick a guy to take on Adam Grace, you know, because I can't wrestle tonight. I'm injured. I'm wearing a fucking cast. And I was like, I was like, everybody in the back knows him as the monster brain fucking fart. Brain fart. That that doesn't want to work with him in the middle of that ring. I use the word work. I peel back the curtain. Oh, it's not really that bad. But here's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody would have called me out on that, I would have been like, okay, yeah, I fucked up. Whatever. Shit happens. It's life. You know, it's not a big deal. Um, and I, I just thought, I think that's interesting. You know, you look at, like, LeBron James. He's the best He's the best basketball player of this era. That mm-hmm. dude gets shit on every single day. But he doesn't let it get it to him because he's one of the nope. best. Right. Yeah. So, you know, if you – if and, that, and that's just where this weird, like, fucking – circle vicious circle paradox thing comes into play it's like dude if i'm just saying if you are a professional and you want to be big time or whatever just you know expect things like this to happen it's just how it is you know if you're good at your job people are going to talk about how you're bad at your job because it's it's fun to talk about right and uh i think it's silly that people get so upset about it so what's actually more fun talking about someone who's uh good at the job but like you know like you know once they fuck up like you can like slam them or talking about people who are perpetually bad at their job I don't know. I think it's a little bit of both. Basically, yeah. Yeah. So, so, and here it, the the yeah. crust of this basically is, you know, very much listen. People are going to talk smack about you no matter what, and there's a couple different ways you can handle it. One of the ways you can handle it is take the high road. Yeah. The other way you can handle it is stirring the pot even more. Yeah. And making it a bigger deal than it needs to fucking be. That's like the big crust of this one because like, like this whole weekend seemed to be filled with. Uh, Twitter drama, pro wrestling drama, especially on the indie level. Yeah. I mean, there was there was a big fucking stink fest at AAW because they actually had Michael Elgin booked for the show. Didn't tell anyone. And it became one of those things because, like, Michael Elgin this past week, he's been embroiled in this, like, sexual harassment suit. Yeah. And now he's actually countersuing the person who actually, you know, basically brought up the charges on him. And that garnished a lot of heat for him with a lot of different people in the community because for... For, for reasons. Everyone's got their own reasons why they want to take the heat and stuff like that. But it became one of those things where a lot of fans in AAW, like, they're already pro, like pro- planning on protesting the shows if right. Elgin's ever booked there again. Right. Which, you know, it almost seems like, you know, a lot of people are guilty until proven innocent, which just 
fucking sucks just the way it is these days. But at the same time, though, like I can understand why a lot of people want to give him heat for that. And there's also this another case about – I don't know if you heard of this one. A female wrestling fan who basically – she – she faked having cancer, and then she faked her own death, and that blew up pretty oh my fucking God. big. Yeah, and like everyone made a big fucking stink of this. And it's just like, man, there's other things in this fucking world besides pro wrestling that we should be making a big stink about. Yeah, and it's like if you have the time of day to like fucking, I don't know, find yourself in this needless drama in a fucking sport that is fake as fuck, then you know what? Maybe you like shit, dude. Get a fucking life. You know, that's the big thing. That's what I'm thinking about, yeah. dude. Like, if I if I heard, like, somebody talked about me in a podcast about how shitty I was, yeah. even if they were grilling me the entire time, I would be like, oh, my God, somebody's talking about me in a fucking podcast? That's cool. I'd just be I'd like, li- I don't give a fuck. And I would listen to it, and I'd be like, neat. I also have a different, I have a Monday through Friday job that I enjoy. I have a fiance mm-hmm. that I like hanging out with. I don't give two fucks what people think about me as far as managing. I do it once a month. Like, <laughs> I don't give a shit. Why would I care? Is it is it, if if them talking is that gonna like fucking you know is that gonna like hurt me as a as a person? It's gonna stop you getting bookings for twenty bucks. Oh, it's man. gonna stop me from getting yeah, bookings bucks. for twenty bucks. Oh six no, miles, six hours away. Oh god, yeah. well how am I gonna live? Oh, that's right, I have a fucking day job. Oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. Oh no, but this is your dream, Nick. This is your dream to be a a small time manager. Oh my god, how small am I gonna... time? And again, I'm not trying to yep. get I'm not trying to piss anybody off, but just come on, man. Yeah. You know, and if he's wor- and if he's working us, good for you, man, because you're doing a great job. Go on the Var- Ross Fillmore's podcast, and uh, I guarantee, you know, if, if hey, if you Lane Vic, if you guys are listening to this, get him on there. That episode's gonna get downloaded like a shit ton of times. Mm-hmm. You guys have done a great job building this up. Again, it's like a cage fight. I want to see it happen. Do it. Book it. Get him on there. Has Moretti already challenged him to a boxing fight? Oh my God, I forgot about that. Yeah, hopefully, you know, if that one happens, you we could be ringside for that one. I pay you know? for it. How much would you pay for tickets to that? I seriously would pay like $20 to see depends that. Depends on the drive. Dep- that's also true. Yeah, it depends yeah. on the drive. I mean, if we have to drive more than three hours, ah, man, like maybe like 15 bucks. No. If we got to drive less than three, uh, maybe 20 No. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I'm just saying. I don't know. I probably, ah, oh, man, we probably just got heat. Now we're never going to get booked in, Il- I don't even know where, what, ter- Illinois? I don't yeah, even know. Chicago The Chicagoland? The Chicagoland. Like, the suburbs of the suburbs? Yeah, I don't know. Something I don't like go that. to wrestling shows anymore, dude. My my wrestling career is diminishing, even though I'm still only, I'm only 27. Yeah, man. I, it's, pretty... probably, it's probably because I talk shit and nobody wants to book me. I highly I'm doubt un- that. I'm unbookable. You're unbookable, oh, right? man. Listen, listen. I know people who are actually unbookable that still get booked all the time. That's true. Yeah, that's just the way it is. You know, part of it too probably yep. is that I cost like a thousand dollars. You want to bring me in? A thousand dollars. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll put asses in the seats. You yeah, Nikki Duche will do it. Yeah, you know it could be a lot worse. You know, you, you could be budgeted in for a hundred bucks and then you know find out you're not working that show the day of. Wooey, more heat. Yeah, well, whoa. Yeah, it wasn't so much the day of; it was like the week of. But okay. anyhow, um, so basically, yeah. So if you got like if you feel like you have drama with people online, like for fuck's sakes, just online. It's not real life, man. Remember, like pro wrestling for a lot of us is just a hobby. Right. You know, it's not like maybe a fraction of us will ever get an opportunity to do some cool, really cool fucking things in this business. But the other half of us, like honestly, we're living out dreams. Yeah. And come on, man. It's like, eh, who gives a shit? And here's the thing, right? Okay. I know if the Ross family is listening to this, I mean, they obviously have their own reasoning as to why they talk about things. But personally, if you're, and this is just me, and this is how I believe they do things, if you're going to pull a topic out of a hat, 
Nobody wants to just sit there and go, yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah he's that's okay. He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Tapioca, whatever. You know, you want to tell the stories that are going to be entertaining, interesting. You know, you want to actually have something to talk about. And most of the time, again, we see it in fucking daily culture. It's hard to be like, yeah, you know, um, fucking Maru. Yeah. Oh, pull Maru out of the hat. Hey, that guy. Great worker. He does good suplexes. Okay, next topic. You yeah. know what's more fun? Maru? Dude, I saw him fucking... I, I saw him do X, Y, and Z once. What a fucking idiot. Ha, 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 ha. But realistically, they don't have heat with Maru. They're just saying, yeah. oh, it's more fun to share a story of something that might have happened wrong or something that really sticks out. And again, most of the times, something bad sticks out more than something good. It's just how we are as humans. Look at yeah, fucking anything like, in media, right? Oh, that's true. Anything that's sensationalized is negative for the most yep. part, you know? So, again, you know, if the, if the Ross family is listening to this and maybe that's the reason, I mean, I, I just don't know. I don't. I know that Chaz Moretti's not going to listen to this podcast, but if he is, you know, it's just like, dude, message him. I'm, yeah. sh- I'm sure that they didn't mean to get heat for it with you, you know? Although now it's getting to the point where I'm sure that neither of those – Two guys really I, care I think for it, each I, other. I think it's beyond the point now where it's just like, oh, inintentional heat. Now it's actually heat. You yeah, know, now just do? set up a cage match. That's what I say. Okay. All right, All right well, cool. So that got... might be the first uh, Grapple Talk-sponsored cage match we'll ever have. Oh, uh, yeah. I will, we will sponsor that. But speaking of sponsors, let's take a quick break. Let's uh, get – let's uh... – Thank our sponsors. We have no sponsors. We have no sponsors. Okay, well, we're still going to take a break so we can uh, show you – uh, give you nice little commercials for the other shows that are on the network. Most likely, if you're listening to this one, you probably listen to the other ones. But, you know, who fucking cares? Yeah. Let's do that. And then we'll be back with uh, some national and international talk right here on the Grapple Talk flagship. Don't go anywhere, bitches. You didn't have to say bitches at the end. I didn't, but it sounded cool, didn't it? No, not really. Okay. Hey, everybody. This is RGG from the Regular Guy Gaming Podcast on the Grapple Talk Network. I think it's safe to say if you like wrestling, you also like games. So join me and my co-host, Ragbag, as we talk about old games, new games, games we love, games we hate, special guests, interviews, and, of course, Ragbag's love for Luigi Mansion. That is all on Regular Guy Gaming. Check us out. Hey, it's Hot Shot Scott Williams. Do you like chili? Well, I do too. Do you like podcasts? Well, so do we. It's the Ross Family Matters podcast. Join myself, Victor Stick Ross, Jack Spade, and, Crap, a, and a cavalcade of other people except Maru. You're never allowed. Grapple Talk Network. It's the podcast. We're coming at you. Maru's not allowed. Welcome back to the Grapple Talk flagship. We got a lot of things to talk about here in uh, this segment, including the upcoming ROH and New Japan's Honor Rising shows. And Jesse, the first time that I heard about this was actually on Twitter. You tagged me in a uh, upcoming contest that uh, you f- thought I'd find interesting, and I really do. It's actually yeah. going to be the open weights, the never open weight championship, uh, as uh, Goto, uh, as we've talked about on this podcast quite a few times one of my favorite new japan wrestlers Mm -hmm. is taking on the uh local beer city bruiser so really honestly really exciting stuff coming up for this show that's uh actually on the 23rd and 24th yeah this is actually you know say what you will man like man this is actually a really cool moment here for the wisconsin pro wrestling scene where you have a guy matt winchester beer city bruiser who's really busted his ass for the last 15 years and He's getting an opportunity here with Honor Rising to take on one of the guys who a lot of people would put in like the top ten. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, this is a good opportunity for him to really kind of showcase his wares, especially in Japan. I believe it's at, what, Corrigan Hall? Yeah, it is. 
so that's one of the one of the most famous venues. Yeah, in outside Japan. of the Tokyo Dome, that outside is probably. Dome. This is this is a hell of an opportunity. I'm really excited for Matt. Like this is this is really fucking cool. And like it was one of those things where a few years ago, like both Riley and myself sat down with Matt and we were talking about the possibility of working with New Japan because of his deal with Ring of Honor. And good things come to good people. And congratulations here, Matt Winchester. This one's going to be really, a really fun. And he's working second to top on a card that's actually fucking stacked here. Yeah, dude. And this, again, if you guys are listening to this and maybe you do want to check out the Beer City Bruiser in this, this is quite possibly going to be one of his biggest contests that he's ever been involved in simply because it is going to be broadcast on the New Japan Pro Wrestling World, which still is seeing a bump in subscriptions, I think partially due to Wrestle Kingdom just a couple of, mm-hmm. um, I guess, weeks, maybe a couple months ago. Um, it's about like almost two months ago. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but new New Japan Pro Wrestling World, the place to go if you do want to catch that stream. You know, again, only nine dollars a month to get all that content, and you get to see Matt Winchester taking on Goto. I'm really excited for this, just because Goto is such a hard hitter, and honestly, I think Goto thrives in matches where he's actually the he's undersized compared to his opponent. So I'm really excited to see that. I'm really excited to see Matt just go toe to toe with this guy and really, you know, knock their faces off. I think it's going to be a really hard hitting contest. And uh, as far as the matches that I, I enjoy watching, I think it's going to be, I, I, I think this, that, that match in particular is quite possibly going to be match of the night for that first night, which says a lot when you look at all the talent that we're going to have on uh, the 23rd. I mean, I mean, you're going, you're going down the line here a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, you have uh, quite a few tag matches, as you'd expect. Um, but, you know, well, we're going to see Cheeseburger, Delirious, and uh, Jushin Thunder Liger teaming up, which they'll, on the following night, compete for those uh, six-man tag titles. But then you also have David Finley and Juice Robinson taking on the Young Bucks, which I think is kind of interesting because right now it seems like New Japan is kind of lagging in their uh, junior tag team. So maybe this is start, the start of something new. I mean, I know Juice and Finley don't really have a ton going for them right now. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that match as well. Well, definitely. With the big thing, though, with Finley is his continuing story with Jay White and um, going back to the time of, you know, being, you know, basically young Lions yes. there as well. Um, with Juice, like, they're kind of really gearing him up here for the New Japan Cup, which is coming up next month. So that's going to be interesting to see there. Um, with the Young Bucks, um, right now it's kind of like one of those things where they've they're caught been, in purgatory, right? Well, they've been there. They've done that with the junior division. Maybe yeah. like you're going to start seeing them at some point moving up to the heavyweight division as well as a tag team. Um, and that all depends. Because they have depends. a bunch of fresh matchups there yes. that they can kind of jump into. But the next match is the one that you kind of highlighted before we started recording, and that's Kushida taking on Takahashi up against Flip Gordon. Now – uh, triple threat match, but you know that these dudes are going to be all over the place. Yeah. You know, I think you're going to see something similar that, that you saw to that Fatal 4 at Wrestle Kingdom. Well, Flip Gordon, though, he really kind of came to prominence being highlighted in the uh, being the Elite series. So a lot of people actually became oh, yeah, fans of right. Flip Gordon through that, reading about our Star Wars, guy who's actually getting a lot of buzz right now. Plus, Kushida and Takahashi, these guys, you know, fucking, fucking A. These two guys actually last year had some really great matches, uh-huh. including the one that, Takahashi beat Kushida in like five minutes. Yep. You know, so these guys will go balls to wall on this one, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, another one on this show, it's actually the main event. We're going to have a six-man tag. You're going to see Marty Skrull, Heyman Page, and Cody taking on Chase Owens and the reunited Golden Lovers of Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi. Yeah, that should be really interesting. We talked about this, too. They're really kind of moving forward with this Bullet Club v. Bullet Club angle, Bullet Club versus the Elite, where they're going to – Go with it. We don't know. Obviously, you can tune into being the elite, but they're kind of slowly progressing that storyline on their YouTube channel series, which yep. I do. If you haven't seen it, I do highly recommend tuning into it because they really are continuing to tell stories, and it's a lot of fun. And uh, you know, sometimes it's just really interesting because you know, as we know, 
The Young Bucks are quite possibly one of the biggest names on the indie circuit right now. And they do daily vlogs, so you can kind of see a little bit what that lifestyle is like. It almost gives you a new appreciation for the Young Bucks if you kind of are on the fence and maybe you're like one of those weird fucking smarks that doesn't like them. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I think... Like I think a reverse it, mark? Yeah, like a reverse yeah. mark. But we talked about this, and I think it's interesting because if you look at the following night, you're kind of getting a similar match. But... Uh, ROH and New Japan really kind of blowing up this storyline. Not much of a slow burn here because we're getting the tag match right now, and then in just a couple of weeks we're getting Kenny versus Cody where you'd think it'd kind of come to a head. Yeah, that's one of the things. It's like it's it's very much using that relationship you have with Ring of Honor to to elevate this this story as well. Because if you really kind of think about it, like New Japan doesn't run really that many shows in comparison to like a like a WWE or a Ring of Honor. So like their shows are very like heavy with a lot of their angles as well. So if you have an opportunity to use that relationship with Ring of Honor to further advance your Bullet Club story, which, you know, come on, Bullet Club's huge with your Western fans, so why not do it? So it's going to be kind of interesting to see where this one kind of really lines up. Um, And all that stuff takes place on Friday, while on Saturday, the 24th, you're going to actually see that tag match where you're going to see the Golden Lovers taking on um, Cody and Marty as well, so that's gonna be interesting. Plus, you're gonna you have a very interesting six man tag with Chucky e. T, Yoshihashi, and Jay White taking on the Young Bucks and Adam Page. Now, like basically with like Page and the Bucks, you know they kind of like find themselves on opposite ends of the spectrum too. There with that elite Bullet Club Civil War, so that's gonna be kind of interesting there as well. Um, it's just gonna be a really good fun two shows here. So, and if you're kind of really on the fence of what exactly like New Japan could be or what Ring of Honor is in the context of New Japan, these two shows are actually be a lot of fun for you to check out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this is uh again kind of them exploring and expanding those partnerships that they have and kind of two worlds colliding. And this is what's so great about what these two companies are doing is they're able to give you a lot of shows that uh, you thought that you'd never have, or a lot of, a lot of matches that you wouldn't think that you'd have the chance to see on this big of a stage. Right. You know, um, you know, similar to when they did, and I kind of go back to the long beach um, show, but uh, you know, you got to see like Kenny Omega and Jay lethal, right. Mm -hmm. Um, A match that's probably happened quite a few times, but never really broadcasted on the stage of New Japan World, and really with that English commentary and things like that. And this is that again. This is kind of something that you're going to get with that. And uh, you know what? If you are in this area, and most of you listeners are, I would say just kind of tune in to support. You know, your fellow Wisconsinite. uh, You know, your fellow local indie scene guy that kind of had his roots here and is really, really showing himself and proving himself to be a hot commodity right now. I mean, if you go look at the 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 forums, right? The boards, the IWC. I mean. Beer City Bruiser is pretty fucking over, right? It's a yep. it's a bulletproof gimmick, and Matt does such a great job playing it, and he's fucking great in between the ropes regardless of his size, and he can keep up with all the smaller guys that are doing mm-hmm. flippy shit. And uh, Goto and him, I think, are going to hit each other in the face with a lot of forearms, and I'm really excited to see it. Yeah, definitely. This is a matchup, but, you know, once I saw it, I was like, okay, we got it. We got to watch this. Yeah. So um, let's, let's wake up early on Friday morning and actually yeah, we'll, watch this one. So We'll make sure to talk about that on next week's uh, episode. Maybe we can try to get a uh, reaction from the Beer City Bruiser himself on Twitter or something. But, that would uh, be really awesome. But along with the the weekend, that kind of sets us up for uh, the Elimination Chamber, Jesse. And uh, another big night for WWE because we talked about this at, at the after the Royal Rumble. And we were like, okay, well, now's an opportunity for them to start setting up those WrestleMania storylines. Mm-hmm. And they really haven't done that yet. So now you expect, at least at this pay-per-view and, and moving forward, because this is the last big Raw show between now and WrestleMania, mm-hmm. that they'll probably set up quite a bit of stuff here. So this is going to be a pretty big pay-per-view that's going to probably kick off a few storylines for us to watch as we head 
um, uh, into the road to the arguably the biggest show in in wrestling and sports entertainment every single year. And, uh, you know, obviously not a ton of matches. And yeah, that's partially uh, because uh, of the Elimination Chamber. Yeah, as of right now, we have two Elimination Chamber matches. Which one do you want to start with? Should we start with the Women's Elimination Chamber? Yeah, sure, let's do it. Okay, cool. So the Women's Elimination Chamber, um, the, the Women's Championship is on the line as Alexa Bliss defends against Sasha Banks, Bailey, Mickey James, Sonya Deville, and Mandy Rose. Now, this is the first time that women are actually going to have an Elimination Chamber matchup. And it's actually interesting because this one is actually for the championship as yep. well. So if you're already looking at possibly Asuka taking on whoever at you know WrestleMania we don't we're not too sure if she's going to go after the SmackDown and the Raw one so maybe we see a little bit of that story kind of shake out here um I know those gals we listed Banks, Bailey, James, DeVille, Rose and Bliss like who do you go with at this point in time I think it kind of depends on what your plans are for the Raw women's title moving forward um you know I read some I read I read some uh suggestions um, and I and I and I, I kind of don't really understand it, right? Uh-huh. You, I, I can't. If you're WWE, you can't have Oscar and Ronda Rousey on the same show to kick off Rousey's career. They're basically going to be the same thing. I, I, I would, I would think Rousey is going to beat a lot of people uh-huh. in a short period of time, start an undefeated streak of her own. And it's, it's like you, okay, you specifically have two brands. Obviously, to give more people time, but in part to kind of keep two people separated yeah. that you don't want to cross paths sooner than they have to. And yet, they're, and I get it, you want Rousey to be on the A show. But to me, this is the opportunity where you move Asuka over to SmackDown. We talked about this before. SmackDown women's division is hurting. And I don't know, I think it's partially because of the lazy writing. It's not really on the gals. Mm-hmm. But being able to introduce Asuka into that, Asuka versus Charlotte at WrestleMania, dude. Fuck yeah, let's do that. That sounds fantastic, right? And if they're working towards maybe doing a four horsewoman versus the uh, the MMA fighters like Rousey and, and yeah, it's basically Baszler. four horsemen and women versus the four horsewomen. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and if if they're planning on doing that, I don't know how they're going to set that up because Ronda's on Raw unless they're doing some interbrand matchup, which means that Charlotte would have to lose her belt. But again, it kind of just depends because of this, you don't want to see Oscar versus Bliss again. I know that you know it's. I know that that's. You know, not a bad match, but you saw Asuka beat Bliss in the middle of the ring, fair and square, clean. And honestly, Bliss is starting to, I think they're starting to teeter her towards face a little bit. Um, I, I, just because she's so fucking marketable. Yeah, but I don't I don't know what you do here. We talked about this. Maybe you give Sasha Banks the win and you have her have a very short title run where she's a full-blown heel. And maybe that kind of works its way into a WrestleMania match with Asuka because they killed it on Raw. Other things I saw here is do you give not and we're kind of now we're intertwining two matches because I think it's important. Do you give Nia Jax the big victory, the big W at the elimination chamber and introduce Nia? I mean Nia Jax is quite possibly as we saw at the Royal Rumble, she's one of the the uh, um, I don't know hottest uh, women right now. You know, I, I mean I, I would I would think so. The hottest women's wrestlers right now is probably Nia Jax, right? Yeah. One of them. Yeah, she's getting a hell of a push right now, but I don't I don't know. Like if you just if you just go in with smart booking, more than likely it makes sense to have Bliss retain and her and Asuka. That's just like the smart booking there. It's the easiest matchup to set up. You don't really have to do anything really kind of specific. What you could do with Banks is put her in with Rousey. Because if you really wanted to, what you want with Rousey is someone who's going to be able to eat a pin and still keep your credibility. 
So maybe Banks versus Rousey is one of those matchups you want to go with. Now, if you want to move Asuka over to SmackDown, then you can definitely do Asuka versus Charlotte. That's a marquee matchup. A lot of people will be excited about that, especially since you have Charlotte, who is very well in the most dominant female on the roster when it comes to athleticism, yep. taking on the one gal who hasn't lost a match since she's gotten here. Right. So that makes sense. And then maybe you do Bliss versus Rousey. You can do something like that. Or you can also go with Banks versus Rousey for the title. It, it all depends on really what you want to do. Um, I really don't see them putting like giving Nia Jax that big win, especially if you're already touting the undefeated streak of Asuka. Now, the Who reason, beats Asuka then? Well, that's the thing, though. You can wait. You can wait a little bit. You can wait a little bit. And maybe you make this matchup competitive. And then after WrestleMania, what you could really do is you can move Nia Jax over to SmackDown, and you already have a built-in program there. Sure. You know, so it's like you keep the match competitive, and you can use it down the road because people are like, oh, Nia Jax was close. She was close. And she's got an opportunity at some point in time to actually get that win. So it just makes sense, especially if you're looking at just just the physical size of Nia Jax in comparison to Asuka on that one. Um, another matchup that's actually kind of interesting is the Elimination Chamber men's matchup. Then literally, as far as the marketed matches, this is the only other one to talk about. Yeah, basically. Because, um, <laughs> yeah, this is a really, really light card right now. Of course, this is going to be seven guys in this one. is Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, The Miz, Finn Balor, Braun Strowman, Elias, and John Cena will be inside this Elimination Chamber. Um, this one's really being billed as who will take on Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a huge matchup, obviously. I think a lot of people probably have their money on Roman Reigns at this point, but I do think that you're going to see a lot of different storylines that will be branching um, off of this Elimination Chamber matchup. A lot of guys kind of right now not sure where they're going to go next. You have a guy like Seth Rollins whose partner's out. You know, what is he going to be doing with the Tag Team Championships? Is Jason Jordan going to be able to come back sooner than anticipated to continue that storyline? Who knows? The Miz right now, once again, Intercontinental Champion, but doesn't necessarily have anything going on right now aside from just being a really good heel. You have Finn Balor who's also kind of just lost in the shuffle a little bit. Again, it makes you kind of wonder where would he be had he not gotten injured? Braun Strowman, who is probably the most over person on the roster after his nice uh, base performance. Elias, who to me is probably out of all these guys, Jesse, and this is saying a lot, but to me, Elias is probably has the most potential. I, I really think so. Even mm -hmm. with Roman Reigns in there, I think Elias has the most potential as a heel. I think he could be I think he could be yeah. like triple H level heel. Uh, come maybe give me give me like five years or something. He could be like that superstar mega heel that we're all kind of looking for. And then you have John Cena in there, who I think you know has been really making a push that he wants to be at WrestleMania. I think it's kind of funny, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like John Cena is like is like basically Hulk Hogan at this point for our era. Yeah. And he's like. How am I going to get to WrestleMania? Well, it's, it's pretty like, easy. You're, you're John, John you're Cena. You're John Cena. You're John fucking Cena. You can do whatever the fuck you want for WrestleMania. That's the big thing. You're John fucking Cena. But he doesn't think that. He's he's like a, he's a psychopath now. He all right, all right. So so looking at this matchup, there's a couple different ways you can actually really go with this one. Um, you everyone's kind of penciling in Roman Reigns as going to be the guy taking on Brock Lesnar. Yeah. So let's let's just put him there. Let's just put him in that spot. You know, we might not like it. We might just be like, okay, whatever. But you got to remember, though, him and Lesnar do have some really good fucking chemistry together. I think they had a really good match at WrestleMania, which I'm still on the record saying that it was ruined because of Seth Rollins' cash in. People can fucking hate me for that one, but it's sooner or later, I think at some point in time, people are going to actually realize that. Yeah. Um. So one of the matches you can really kind of set up outside of this one that would actually be kind of interesting is 
why not do the Miz versus Finn Balor? Like at least a program there. Maybe maybe you can tie it into like a six man tag where it's actually the club taking on the Miz and Miz Taraj. You can have a big moment there for Finn Balor, Carl Anderson, and Doc Gallows. Like that could be a really nice little thing. Or you could just do a one on one matchup for the Intercontinental title. Um, really gets it, it's Balor in a situation where he's taking on a guy who's actually got a built in caveat already with the Miz. Yeah. Um, that's a big money matchup program, yeah. and it's a good one too for the Intercontinental Championship. Absolutely. Um, so that leaves a guy like Strowman, where you could be on the fence of what you really want to do with him. Um, if you don't go Cena Undertaker, I think Strowman Cena is a big one. Okay. Because um, what you're kind of really looking at, it's like if you want to write off John Cena for a little bit after Mania, um, Strowman getting a big win over Cena. This is a, that would be a big marquee matchup right, right there, and you only guy that kind of leaves out. Would be Elias, you know, because you're wondering what they're going to do with Rollins and the tag titles. More than likely, either within if if Jason Jordan can't come back, you know, he's going to get stripped of his bouts. It's just the kind of way it goes. Um, you can do a lot of different things there. I um, think when you look at what mm-hmm. Cena's doing, it's it's literally Undertaker or bust. I think him and Strowman will be good, but the story that they're telling, where he's like, "I need to get to WrestleMania. How can I get there?" It's again one of those things where it's like it's just tailor made. For him to lose this match, come out on Raw the next night and go, there's only one way that I can see to get there. And again, it's it's fucking cheesy and yeah, it's it dumb is, it because is. we know that he could fucking wrestle James Ellsworth and he would still get on the WrestleMania <laughs> main card. Yeah. But the fact is is that he's tr- they're trying to tell this story that he's like, how am I going to get there? How can I get there? Yeah. How can I be in a marquee matchup? And it's like, dude... You call it the Undertaker when you don't have a title match. Yeah, so, but you're you're a guy who's got fucking 15 years built in, and yeah. you have to be so desperate. You're gonna call it the guy who basically retired last year. Yeah, like to me that just like, oh man, like as much as we were harping that the Undertaker's seen a matchup, it's a big fucking matchup. A couple years ago, it was a big matchup. A couple years ago, right? You tipped your hand when the second you gave Roman Reigns that win against the Undertaker, and you had the Undertaker basically retire in the middle of the ring. That's that's the tough thing right there. Because, like, honestly, if Taker wasn't ready last year, I understand, like, another year, but he's also another year older. Could he have a big-time marquee matchup Probably against John not. Cena? That, that's a big thing. But it's a storyline, right? Yeah. Like, how how perfect would it have been, and WWE can't do this anymore, but how perfect would it have been if they would have already told this story and then at Raw 25, when Taker comes out to give his retirement speech, uh-huh. Cena's music hits, he comes out there and fucking hits him with an AA. Yeah. And he, he has, like, that look on his face. Like, he's like, you know. You know, because we, we saw it with Rock a little bit, right? Where yeah. Cena was like, is he? A, what is he? He seems kind of heelish, but he's not. He just, it seems like he's. The, he's, he's, he's got a little a, bit more of an edge to him. Right, he has an edge to him. And to me, that would have been the perfect moment because then you're actually telling the story. You know, it's not like he's going out there and calling out The Undertaker and The Undertaker comes out and says, no, dude, I don't want to do it. And then Cena's like, come on, man. And he's like, no, let me rest. But then it becomes personal. He comes out there and attacks him during the retirement speech. I think that would have been a perfect way to tell the story. And now it feels a little fishy. But I just think with Cena saying that and then at the end of the day, him going, you know what? Braun, me and you, buddy, one-on-one. Or maybe he's going to be in the Andre the Giant. I mean, that's a, that's a way to get on it. You just, you just join the Battle Royale. I don't know. Maybe well, like, he tries to lose, like, 50 pounds and he becomes a cruiserweight. cruiserweight he challenges yeah. for the title. I don't I, know. I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to actually make it for the uh, tournament here because um, they're almost done with the field of 16. Sure. But I don't know, man. It, it's going to be interesting. We're going to find out more after Sunday for sure. Um, but here's yeah. one thing, right? You look at this card. I mean, we have we have three matches that are announced. I'm sure there'll be a couple of other ones too. Yeah. But then you look at okay, Ronda Rousey's going to sign her WWE contract, WWE Kurt Angle style there. And uh, 
moving ahead, WWE has kind of came out and said, you know, we're considering doing joint pay-per-views after WrestleMania. And uh, what that would mean is that we're going to have five hours for every pay-per-view to make sure that we get everybody in from both shows, Jesse. To me, that sounds like an awful idea. That sounds terrible. It, it really does. You, you, want to, you want me to tune into fucking No Mercy for five hours? No. I, I kind of... Give, I give, like, Royal Rumble a pass. I give WrestleMania a pass. I give SummerSlam a pass. I'm like, I can give you guys a pass on that, okay? They're, like, the biggest shows around that time. You do have to fit a lot of content in. SummerSlam's, like, the culmination of everything you've been building up to post-WrestleMania. WrestleMania's the biggest show of the year. Royal Rumble, we got two Rumble matches. Fine. Five hours, that's fine. But you want you want me to tune into fucking Backlash? <laughs> Five hours of fucking Backlash? No. Some of these pay-per-views don't mean anything, right? I yeah. mean, half the time, your backlashes, your no mercies, I mean, yeah, there might be, they're, they're good matches, but I mean, as far as building up to the storylines, which is what WWE is, they don't mean anything. I mean, it feels like you're watching an extension of Raw or SmackDown. You want me to tune in for five fucking hours? And then you want me to tune in to Raw for three hours the next night? And you want me to tune in to SmackDown for two hours the next night? And then you want me to watch NXT the next night for an hour? That's 11 no. fucking hours, dude. No! I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> alright, alright. So, so if you want to combine the brands on pay-per-views, why don't you do it smartly? Do it like UFC does. They give you title matches as the main event. Yeah. That's all it is. But if you're looking at a five-hour fucking pay-per-view and trying to cram all those title matches in, they don't mean shit. Nope. They don't mean shit. No. So why couldn't you just do this? Keep the pay-per-views about three, three and a half hours long and just be like, okay, cool. Well, the Universal title is going to headline this pay-per-view. Yep. Next month, the WWE Heavyweight Championship is going to headline that pay-per-view. And then you can intermittently put in those mid-card and tag matches as well. So it's not, it doesn't feel like you're just fucking shoehorning all your storylines into five fucking hours. Yeah, or you could really utilize your Raws and your SmackDowns and have those main evented by some of those title matches. If you yeah. can't fit them into the pay-per-view, the next night on Raw, have your have the Tag Team Championship in the main event. You know, have the New Day go out there and kill it with, uh, you know, the fucking Usos in the yeah. main event of SmackDown on a Tuesday night, you know, give those guys a chance to really show what they can do. Give them a half an hour at, to, to close out SmackDown. Yeah, why not? You know, why not? Yeah, what, what are you... Oh, I'm sorry. Are, we, are we missing out on some really important promos that aren't going to matter in a week? Yeah. Oh, no. Fuck. So, uh, yeah, you know, I think there are ways to work around it. I think the big the big thing in bold here is just the the, the fact that they've come out and said it's the fucking five length. hours. It's the fucking length, man. Like they continue to do this, right? Yeah. And it's funny because right now Vince McMahon's looking at the XFL and he's going, "We're gonna shorten it. We're gonna shorten it up. Three but hours but is you're too long." You're extending the fucking length of your wrestling programs, and if it's constantly, more, constantly, and it's already one of the things where you're you're seeing your fan base. Basically, turn around and say, man, fucking three hours raw is way too much. Yeah. You have a lot of people already saying that, yet you're not backing off. Yeah. Sometimes you wonder why ratings might be down. It's because nobody wants to buy into three hours on Monday night to a pro wrestling program and then two hours the following night. And now you're giving them, and again, I love the network, but you're giving yep. them so much content there too. I mean, dude, they're just all wrestled out. Yeah. You know, it's just like, shit, that's way too much. Now you want to do five hours of pay-per-view? Oh, fuck that. Why? I don't know. So we can get Mojo Rowley versus Zack Ryder on a fucking no, pay-per-view? We don't need that. We don't need it. We don't need that. Listen, basically. They already have a hard enough time fucking booking out one pay-per-view, let man, alone just, just keep five it, hours. Keep it three hours, blend the rosters together. And be smart with your title matches when it comes to headlining. That's all you have to do. That's all you fucking have to do. That's all you have to fucking do. Yeah. Yeah. 
but they don't know that. They don't. They don't get it. They're I, just I, like I they're like, they, they're like more they hours. But it's like you look at the pay per views. Yeah. It's like they're not making money on more advertisers. No, they advertise their own network shows during that shit. They it's do. Not, it's not like they're getting fucking Snickers. Hey, you hungry? Get a Snickers. Ooh, why wait? Why wait? Get a Snickers. Well, I'm waiting five fucking hours because oh. the pay-per-view is five fucking hours. It sucks. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's just, man, you can do it smart. You can do it fucking smart. But, you know, if if you feel like you have to give them that content, they're going to do it. I know you and me are going to be begrudgingly watching these pay-per-views for five fucking hours. Oh, I'm so angry. Dude, you know, okay, so is that five hours starting at six? I don't fucking know. God damn it. It's just yeah, it's it's lengthy. You know, you gotta get up for work on Mondays, dude. Dude, if you're like, starting five hours at six, it doesn't get over until eleven. That's us in the Central Time Zone when you're looking at maybe possibly midnight on the East Coast. What the fuck? And again, it's different. You know, when you look at the WrestleManias, when you look at the Royal Rumble, it's like you have you have something to look forward to at the end of the night. The Royal, like the Royal Rumble, it's like. Ooh, okay, we've had fucking three hours of wrestling, but finally, it's the Royal, it's the Women's Rumble. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm engaged again. WrestleMania, it's like, oh my God, we've already had five fucking hours of wrestling. Well, hold on a sec. Undertaker and Roman Reigns are going on. Okay, yeah, you know, I want to see this match. Oh, I want to see how it plays out. With this fucking backlash, oh my God, we've had four and a half hours of wrestling. What's the main event? Uh, Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton. Oh, yeah, God. fuck this pay-per-view. No, no, we're fuck dead. that pay-per-view. No yep. thanks. I'm out. Dude, man, you see, was, they're gonna be taking fucking shots of people in the crowd. They're gonna be taking naps. <laughs> you know, it was one of those things. Come on, like last year's WrestleMania was so fucking long, and if you're gonna have pay per views on a monthly basis, almost like the same length, I'm checking out. Yeah, I am checking out, yeah. and I might just watch clips. Yeah, you know, like no offense, but I can't, I can't, can't commit, commit five hours on a Sunday to watching. Backlash, and I yeah, and I can't, yeah. and I don't know, I, I could imagine going to a show that long, let alone sitting in my living room and watching it. But I mean, is it, is it WWE buying into their? Is it WWE liking the stank of their farts, dude? Like what? <sighs> like what is? Like what no, is? No, I I think what it is is like, it's figuring out. Okay, how can we get people more bang for their buck? I think that's what it is. But I don't think giving them an extra two hours of wrestling when that those two hours could be used for other things. Right, yeah. You know, I think you give them more bang for your buck by keeping it around three hours, giving matchups people want to see, and, you know, fucking just don't have to – you don't have to shoehorn everything in. Yep. You don't have to. Yep. For fuck's sakes. If you look at a house show, they don't shoehorn everything in. Yep. They're like, okay, we got about like two and a half hours here. Let's uh, give them like a good two and a half hours of wrestling. Yep. Do it that way. Yeah. Don't have to shoehorn everything fucking in. I don't need a Roman Reigns singles matchup every fucking month. Nope. You know, don't have to shoehorn all that shit in. Yeah, and again, that's why, you know, we, we talk about this all the time. New Japan, it feels special, you know? You look at those Honor Rising shows that are going to be broadcast on the New Japan Network. Okada's not even working those shows. No. Right, but when we see Okada, it means something in those singles matches. You know, when you look at that, when you look at the card, you see all these tags and all these six-man tags, uh-huh. and then you see that Goto's working a singles match against Beer City Bruiser, and you go, "Oop, I want to watch that match. Yep. That's going to be a good match." But it's it's one of the only singles matches both those nights, even though it's a huge yeah. pair of shows. Right? It is. It is mostly triple threats and tags. Yeah, exactly. Which is again, 
marketing strategy by New Japan. It keeps their guys fresh, and it really, when those guys are in singles contests, it's like, oh, this is going to be this special. Is special. I mean, yeah. And again, they don't have to produce that much of TV content time every week, but again, it might be something to, you know, it, it, I think it is something to compare it against because when you look at WWE, again, when we're talking about what are they going to do with the Women's Championship, mm-hmm. they've already given us Asuka and Alexa. They've already given us Asuka and Sasha Banks, right? Yep. It's not going to be as special had they not given it to us at WrestleMania. And that's just part of the gamble that you have with TV and trying to keep people engaged. But again, you know, WWE has been actually doing a pretty good job. You know, give us one match that really knocks our socks off. Yeah. And then for the rest of the night, just make everything else feel like it's important. Mm-hmm. Raw does a fantastic job of doing that every single year in the months, basically at the end of January throughout February. The past couple of Raws, you watch from 7 to 10 o'clock, for the most part, everything actually does feel kind of important. It feels like it's building to something. They don't do that year-round. It feels like a lot of it's throwaway past WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. But, again, you know, you, you have that one good match, and then the rest of it's just kind of built around storylines moving forward, and it kind of keeps you engaged and wanting to tune in next week. I don't know what we're still talking about. I kind of went on a tangent there. <laughs> I, I, I think apologize. The, clo- the closest thing we could actually kind of, like, all right, all right, so I think the New Japan thing is actually a pretty good analogy, but if you want to look at it at like, American sports, look at the NFL. You get you get your division games twice a year, yep. so you're going to get the Vikings Packers twice a year. Yeah. But then again, it's like those one off games. Yeah. And you're actually looking forward to seeing like the Packers against the Panthers or some bullshit like that, right. or maybe the interpromotional matchup between like the AFC team and an NFC team. You get those every once in a while. Where a lot of people have a problem with Major League Baseball is the fact that there's so many fucking games. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, do you really need those many fucking games? Mm-hmm. When you look at the NBA, the NBA is really smart, and what they do is they highlight the marquee matchups. So you you always have like maybe like three games between the Cavs and the Warriors during the year. Three fucking games. That's great. That gives people like a an opportunity to see that over the course of the year. While WWE is throwing out main event matches quite a bit on and the Raws and, and, and the SmackDown, and they're not and necessarily marketed right. And they're no, just no, like they're not. Last second, we're just going to toss these together. Oh, we got a week. Let's right. hype this match up. Yep. You know, that's just the way it kind of goes. And I think a lot of that is just because you have to fill that much content. Yeah, and that's just that is. Honestly, that is being too good at what you do. Right. And that's a um, detriment to their own success because people want to advertise on their show and they want to extend the period of their content because it's so it's so marketable and people want it more and more and more. That's just, that's just it, the way it is. It always comes yeah. back to the discussion, is Raw is smacked on too long? I mean, you look at NXT, look at what they did with Johnny Gargano and Almas. I mean, these yep. two guys have been with NXT now for how long? Like two years? Something like that. And the first time that they touch is at a takeover, and they fucking blow everybody's socks off. Part of the reason yep. is because they haven't they haven't worked on NXT, um, and it gave you an opportunity to kind of watch what these two guys could do. And But NXT is an hour long. So that's, I mean, that's kind of your comparison there. It's tough, yep. it's tough for WWE to kind of get by when you have 20 guys on each roster, and you're like, fuck. We've got three hours of content to fill. Well, what can we do? Let's give Roman Reigns a half-hour match of the Miz because uh, we gotta we got to kill we some gotta time. Something. we got to yep. do something. So um, that's kind of part of it, I guess, a little bit. Hey, Jesse, why don't we take a final break, and we'll come back and uh, wrap things up. It sounds good. Sweet. Hey, guys, this is AC Riley reminding you to check out The Riley Factor only on the Grapple Talk Network. Join me as I talk wrestling, interview wrestlers in my Spotlight and Squared Circle segment, and much, much more. What are you waiting for? Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the Grapple Talk Network today. And as always, support independent wrestling. Yes, I'll take my eggs over easy, and I'll take my podcast, Deach and Dash. 
That's right, the Deach and Dash podcast hosted by me, gorgeous Jordy Lee, available via the Grapple Talk Network. It's about to get weird. We're going to talk some wrestling, maybe, some life, probably, and definitely going to ask whether you prefer ketchup or mustard. Catch us via the Grapple Talk Network and wherever iPods are available to you. iPods or podcasts? God, I'm the worst. Hey, welcome into the last segment here of Grapple Talk. Thanks for staying with us. I know sometimes it's very hard, especially in these early mornings when you get all this wrestling content. I think you're just talking about me and you, because typically we don't drop this until the afternoon. It's just for us when we're kind of yeah, sitting you're, here. You're kind of like, right. Jesus, you know, fuck. but still, though, I mean, that's a lot of wrestling content for anyone to, like, you know, um, absorb. It really is, yeah. Well, we talked about that the other day mm-hmm. when it comes to having to watch all of it, and then you get, like, a notification from one of your favorite podcasts, <clears throat> Gravel Talk Network, that new shows come out, you're like, yep. okay, now I'm going to listen to wrestling along with watching wrestling. Yeah. I have a lot of... There's, I'm ingesting a lot of wrestling content. Man, I use this weekend basically to catch up on NXT and 205 Live. I saw that. How yeah, was that for you? You know, like, NXT, good. Good build-ups, fun stuff. Um, same with 205 Live. You know, like, ever since the whole the whole shit went down with Enzo, they kind of basically cleanse the show. They give it a new pre- like presentation. And it's actually kind of it's fun to watch because everything kind of flows really well and you get more character work with, like, side promos from guys and sit-down promos. The sit-down promos are actually kind of cool. What yeah. they do is, like, this almost like a confessional type of booth thing. Mm. And the guys sit down, and they had one with TJP that actually got a lot of his character across where he sits down, and he's looking at the Twitter. He's like, okay, what people are saying about my matchup against Tyler Bate, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you didn't have to cheat, blah, 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 like that. And he basically says, hey, man, I won the Cruiserweight Classic for you guys. Now I'm doing it for me. And it was just like, cool. oh, man, that's a really cool story. Yeah. you know. And they're giving matchups time to breathe. The thing that really kind of sucked, though, was they're still taping the matches after SmackDown, and the crowd just kind of like, all right. Why did they do that? I don't know. Do it before the show, at least. You would. You, you want would people think, to be excited? But, Do but it before the show. But at the same time, though, like you're hyping the show is live on the network, so you know they're gonna do it after the fact. That's just the way it goes. I mean, you could do it. Honestly, why not do it at six? Yeah. And do it live at six. Yeah. You know, because like, that then, works for because me. then it's like it sets you up, and then you're gonna have a crowd that's eager to see some wrestling. And yeah, yeah, maybe the stadium won't be as full because people are getting there later. But I would rather do that and have people that are excited to watch wrestling than people that are burnt out from wrestling and don't really give two shits about what's going on. Exactly. Want to exactly. get there, you know? But it's been fun. It's been fun. Spot. So I believe like this week coming up is the last week of the uh, field of sixteen. We're moving on. The tournament's been fun. Um, no, no brackets really been set up for like the second round. So that's actually kind of interesting. So you don't really know who's going to face who in the second round. So that's going to be kind of cool with NXT. You're making, you're, you're on the march towards takeover and you're finishing up feuds with like sanity against the undisputed era. You know, you're going to have Almas versus Gargano this week. And if you read the spoilers, you already know what kind of happens, but still, this is a big time matchup here. You got a lot of intrigue with the women's division. So it's gonna be kind of fun to see where everything goes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Again, a lot of those B shows for WWE doing some good things with the limited time that they yep. have. Um, but you know, speaking of good things, Jesse mm-hmm. went and saw Black Panther this uh, actually yesterday or two okay, days ago. Okay, okay, yeah, it depends on when this drops. Yeah. So, but as we were talking, you saw it yesterday. Now I gotta ask Nick, um, you, you and me, man, like we talk comic books quite a bit, and you said Black Panther was quite possibly one of the best. Marvel movies you've seen now. Uh, if anyone's on the fence about seeing this movie, because there's a few people on the fence about seeing this movie. Give us the pitch. Man, it's the reason why I enjoyed Black Panther so much, aside from it just being a comic book movie and the cool mm-hmm. CG effects, and it's it's cool to kind of get lost in a different world, was the idea that it really honestly does make you think a little bit, right? Um, yep. they, they bring up some cultural issues, but they bring them up 
uh, in this in this comic book universe. And at the end of the day, you're kind of sitting there and you're like, huh, you know, that's something that's interesting to think about. That's something that I leave the theater, you know, thinking about how things are in today's today's, you know. Um, society, right? Yeah. Um, and I think it speaks to a lot of people on so many different levels, aside from just a guy running around in a black suit with little kitty ears, right? Yeah. I, I think I think it speaks to people more than that just read the Black Panther comics. I think it speaks to more than just um, Michael B. Jordan's fantastic acting, because that dude is like just killing it with everything that he always does. Um, I, I, I think they do a fantastic job in telling this story and really walking you along and explaining what it is that Black Panther is and kind of what the challenges are and what the plot is. And it really just has you buying in. Like, at some points when I was watching it, Jesse, I honestly didn't feel like I was watching a comic book movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were times where I felt like I was, like, you know, watching a drama, right? Like, and then, again, the Black Panther stuff was kind of secondary. The idea that this dude is a crime-fighting feline was secondary, you know? Um, the acting was phenomenal. The storytelling was great. There was a nice, uh, there was a, there was a pretty good, uh, you know, aha moment or a twist moment in the movie. And you always like to see those in some of the bigger movies. Mm -hmm. And again, just, you know, I I think one of the best things about Black Panther too, is that I don't think a lot of people probably understand the origin story or understand what the the superhero is as much as you would as Spider-Man or a Batman. So again, it's, it's very fresh. It's different. And really in a realm of comic book movies where everything's sort of kind of, you know, because for the most part, regardless of the, you know, it's like you watch Captain America, you watch Iron Man, you watch Spider-Man, you watch the new Thor movie. A lot of it is geared towards comedy. There's a lot of comedy sprinkled out throughout those movies because it's very light, it's fresh, it's fun. This movie's totally different. It's just mm-hmm. so different from any other movie that's out there nowadays. You know, because we, me and Zari talked about this. We went back and watched the uh, the first Thor movie uh, probably three weeks ago. And you watch that movie and you watch Black Panther and they're just, they're polar opposites. Yeah. Because again, you're watching Thor, you know you're watching a superhero movie. You're watching Guardians of the Galaxy, you know you're watching a superhero movie. You're watching Black Panther, and yes, they live in a fictional universe that absolutely does not exist, right? Basically, at fucking Atlantis. But at the same time, it's it it just it feels so fresh, and it feels so real, and it feels so inf- even informative that uh, I would say anybody, if you like comic books, if you don't like comic books, if you like dramas, if you don't like dramas, if you like action movies, if you don't like action movies, you need to give this one a chance because. I'd be surprised if at year's end we're not talking about this movie as quite possibly one of the top three movies that came out, regardless of the genre that you're talking about. That's definitely a high praise. You know, um, read a few things over the weekend. You know, I'm, I've been hyped for this movie for a while. The 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 concept of doing almost like a like an all African American superhero movie for the longest time almost seemed like I don't know an, an impossible dream for a lot of people. And when Black Panther was actually added to the slate of Marvel movies, everyone's just like, oh, man, really? Black fucking Panther? Like, we gotta, we gotta get a fucking Black Panther movie? But, like, everything that's come out, like, from the first trailer, soundtrack, it, Marvel's really putting a lot of hype into this. And the hype is paying off. You know, you, I read an article from a really good film critic on New York Times where he's a, he's a guy who, who really appreciates, like, African-American cinema. And he's comparing this movie, like, impact wise to what the impact of um do the do the do the right thing yeah spike lee like you're doing that and but you're doing it as a tentpole blockbuster film and this really opens up the doors i think for for people to really kind of look outside the box when it comes to storytelling inside the superhero genre and the fact that this is this is a very much it's a cultural landmark film we don't get a lot of those every generation we really do not 
And here it is sitting there as a superhero movie that's ready-made, tailor-made for like a lot of different audiences. And it's amazing. It is absolutely fucking amazing, and it's going to be interesting. So hopefully, uh, you know, I'll get a chance to watch it here within the next couple days. Well, and again, another big part of it, too, is that, you know, not only are they kind of breaking down the wall as far as the cultures, I mean, there are a lot of very powerful women in this movie. Um, I'd I'd go on a limb and say some of the two most badass characters in this film are women, right? So, again, they're kind of exploring the idea of that. Um, and again, you'll be sitting there watching it, and they're in this fictional universe, and they're talking about some of these issues that are plaguing um, their city. And you're like, "Oh shit, that's like that's like real. That's like things that are happening in today's culture, right? Mm-hmm. And what's good, what's bad, where are our morals, where are our ethics?" And they really challenge that. And I will also say that Kendrick Lamar, the soundtrack is fucking awesome. It's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Marvel's been killing it lately with soundtracks for their movies. And, um, and and as well as that, you know, there's just a lot of little things, too. And I, I'll i talk to you about it after you yeah. see it. But there's a, just a couple of little things throughout the movie, the way, you know, the, the cinematics, how things are shot um, at specific times. And it's, it's you always you can always appreciate that stuff when you're sitting there and they do something during the movie where they're progressing the plot. And they do this like little thing, whether it's the camera movement or the camera shot or the introduction mm-hmm. of some type of music. And you're like, whoa, okay. Like, it makes you sit in your chair and you're like, that was fucking perfect for that that little tiny five-second transition. That was fucking perfect. And I think you'd really enjoy it. And I think I think a lot of different people would enjoy it because the story that they tell to And again, you're so invested in a lot of these characters. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I hope this doesn't spoil anything. Mm-hmm. But you're even you're even kind of invested in the, the villains. Yeah. And those are always the good movies, right? And Everybody heard, talks and about... I heard like, the villain in the Black Panther is probably quite possibly the most three-dimensional villain they've yes. had in any Marvel yes. movie because you you feel his plight yes. more than anything else. Yes. Um, but that's a cool thing, though. Like Even if you go back with, with Marvel in comparison to DC when it came to the comics is always very much the fact that Marvel always took note and kind of grounded it in reality. Yeah. And you feel like this could be happening outside your window, even though it's very, you know, fantasy-driven and, uh, you know, a lot of, like... Just power trips and stuff like that. Well, and those, but, but it's still, though, it's very much grounded. Those are always the best kinds of movies that, again, make you think. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, this fucking, this bad dude, I mean, he's got a point. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I kind of see where he's yep. coming from. Like, I now I'm torn. What's happening? You know, it's like, but then they, you know, they still play, he's a villain. Yep. Don't fucking get on his side. But at the same time, you like, you feel the, you feel, again, three-dimensional. It's like, you understand where they're coming from. You know, they're not just doing it because they're yep. bad. There's, there's some type of, of an agenda behind it, right? It makes you go, oh, okay, well, now I'm invested in this character. I'm invested in this character. I'm invested in the storylines that are happening on the side. It's just, it's a very, very well-told story, a very good introduction for the Black Panther, and uh, I am really, really excited to see where they go because we talked about this before when it comes to the Infinity War. Maybe this is Marvel's idea of having an opportunity to kind of fade out some of those really popular characters over the past couple of years, like the Captain mm-hmm. Americas, like the like the Iron Mans, and start really highlighting some of these new characters like Black Panther, um, more of the Guardians, even though they're kind of really over right now, and even like this new Spider-Man, because it's a new Spider-Man that we have never had before. So yep. maybe this is their opportunity to kind of do that, and I'm really looking forward to it. I don't know how they top this Black Panther movie, because it was fucking <laughs> awesome, but it was, yeah, it's... I, w- I would say if, if yeah. you are on the fence, just go. You know, just go on. Go it. on Tuesdays. Pay the five dollars, yep. and uh, you know you, you can thank me later. And it's already made a shit ton of money. 
Yeah, it has. It's made a shit ton of money. That's just how it kind of goes. So, it's definitely it's worth yeah. it's worth. I told you this yes. I texted you. Uh huh. It's worth the theater watch, right? Yeah. There's some movies that are worth the theater watch, some movies that are worth the Riv watch, and some movies that are worth just wait until they hit the red box. This one is worth the, you know, if you have to pay the nine dollars and fifty cents to go see it, ten dollars, eleven dollars, whatever it is. I think that this is worth your eleven dollars to go see. You know, it's worth giving up McDonald's for a week to go yeah. see this movie. And McDonald's, man, I hate to say it, expensive as fuck. Yeah, they're really up in their prices. Yeah, I know. They used to, they used to be, you know, they had the dollar menu. Get the burgers and stuff like that. Now you want to get a meal. You're paying like eight bucks. Yeah, I know. So I know, it's man. not it's not it's not what it used. You can't get a meal for three dollars like you used to be able to do. Egg McMuffins, surprisingly expensive. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know. I really kind of pulled my trigger there. But anyhow, folks, hey, thanks for joining us this week on the Grapple Talk. You know, we're gonna have to call it a day. You know, we went we probably went along a little bit too long this time around. Yeah, you know, well, look at well, us, we're yeah. pushing five hours. Yeah, you got to work. Yeah, and uh, I get to go home and do nothing. Son of a bitch. Yeah, I'm going to go do laundry. Yep. I'm going to probably play some video games. Oh, wow. Maybe take a nap with my dog. Oh, jeez. And uh, I'm going to eat egg rolls. We got some leftover egg rolls. I'm going to fry those egg up. Rolls. Yeah, some yeah, fr- I got, fry some egg I rolls. I got leftover chili, man. We got some chili. Yeah, yeah, vegetarian chili. Nice. Yeah, I was trying something new, man. It's not too bad. Vegetarian chili. I think you I got put some, too, much, too much garlic in there. You got some cucumbers in there? No, no, no. It's, uh, it's mostly like yam-based. So, Yam. Yeah. So we got some sweet potatoes in there. Um, you got your tomatoes, um, black beans, kidney beans, peppers, um, garlic, a um, little bit of cocoa powder for whatever apparent reason. Some cinnamon, salt, pepper. Yams. You know, yams. I'm, I'm stuck on the yams part. Yeah. I've man, never heard actually, of that. Is it's it actually, good? Yeah, it's pretty good. Huh. It's pretty good, man. I've been eating it for like two days. Are you vegetarian now? No. Oh. I was just asking. I don't no, care. It no, doesn't no, no. bother me. No, no. It's just like one of those things where it's like uh, the lady friend, she's vegetarian. So it's very much like. So you're kind of, yeah, you guys are making dinner together. You have to make sure that she's accommodated. Yes, yes. And it's one of those things where it's just like, you know, honestly, I wasn't really eating that much meat as it was, you know? So it's just like, you know, it's just a slow change of lifestyle. Well, and it kind of helps. Know? And yeah. honestly, it kind of helps you a little bit, right? It gives you the, you know, and again, I like McDonald's. I yep. like my sausage pizzas, you know, my big giant sausage pizzas. Yeah. Um, you know, I like my I like my hot dogs, but uh-huh. if I had a reason not to eat all that shit, that'd be great. Yeah. You know, you live a healthier life. Mm-hmm. Have some more salad, have some yams in your chili. Yeah. Feel better tomorrow instead of being like me. Dude, I ate like this isn't even meat related. I had like fifteen fucking chocolate chip cookies, homemade chocolate chip cookies last night. Oh, dude, man, I would eat fucking fifteen chocolate chip cookies too. I know, but I ate yeah, them yeah. in a span of like an hour, and now I feel kind of sick about it. Uh, so, you know, that, yeah, it, I'm probably gonna go home and have them for breakfast. Oh fuck, man! Yeah, your breakfast is great. I just had coffee. <laughs> I just had coffee. That's all I had. Yam chili. Yam chili. That's, I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, dude, man, I'll shoot you like a recipe or something. Like would that. you actually do that? Yeah, why not? <laughs> I actually want to hey, see what's yeah. in it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Sweet. All right. Well, that's it for this week's uh, Grapple Talk flagship. Make sure to hit up the Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Grapple Talk. Otherwise, Twitter, you can follow us at the Grapple Talk. We also have some other great shows here on the network, as you may or may not be aware of. As we talked about earlier in the show, the Ross Family Matters podcast seems like they're posting episodes probably every three to four days. So make sure to uh, check them out. They got a great thing going there. Uh, RGG, it's a video game based show. So check that out because Mm -hmm. we know a lot of you probably enjoy playing video games if you enjoy wrestling. Riley Factor, I don't know what that guy's doing. It seems like, you know, he goes out there and he records a great uh, recap of a show and then he doesn't post it for like three weeks. So it becomes <laughs> old by the time he posts it. But hey, man, he's got a busy schedule. 
He's got a busy schedule, yeah. I get where he's coming from, but, uh, you know, yeah. it was like the last show he did uh, RCCW, and he told me – I'm just calling out AC Riley now <laughs> because he gets shout-outs on every podcast. But uh, yeah, he yeah, goes, yeah. shit, you know, I got I got behind the eight ball here. I wasn't able to post this. Uh, so I'll just – I'll post it. Now, you know, he did an introduction. He's like, hey, I'm really sorry for posting this late, you know, because the recap is basically coming like a couple of days before the upcoming show, blah, blah, blah. And then I know that he went out, and I think he did another um, – he did another podcast for one of his recent shows. I think he did it. I don't remember who he did it with. Mm-hmm. But then he's like, but again, now it's been like two weeks since that show. It's like, yeah. It's like, AC, if you're listening to this, get your fucking shows posted, man. Well, come on, man. He's also, what, editing at least two of the shows? In a, well, in a I had a grapple talk and I edit RGG. I get those shows up the day of. Yeah, well, because you're good. Because I'm fucking good, AC, bitch. Oh, man. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's a good thing he doesn't listen to this show. I don't know if he does. I honestly don't. I th- I feel like he might. He, ew. I don't know if he does. Maybe he does. You guys he knows have that heat we're now? he knows we're yeah, we have heat. You guys have heat now? He's gonna go on Twitter and say I'm an irrelevant piece of shit and then I don't <laughs> He's gonna be on the Riley Factor bear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna bury me on the Riley Factor. Wow. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna see me at a seminar and I, he's gonna fade me. Because that's yeah, that's a real thing that happened. But yeah, uh, funny doesn't draw money. That. So. Yeah. Oh, well, whatever shit happens, what bro. All righty. So, yeah, that's it for this week on uh, the Grapple Talk flagship. Thanks for joining us. For Jesse Von Rudin, I'm Nick Ragnar. We'll catch you next week right here on the Grapple Talk flagship. Stay classy, folks.